0: Good afternoon, LBC Radio. My name is Corey Rosen, and you are listening to The Story Podcast. Today, I have on a super awesome guest, Mr. Cody Tyler. You could call Cody Tyler and the Gypsy Convoy red dirt country, but the rocky soil in in cold country and the Rust Belt, where Cody's family has been rooted for centuries, is a few shades darker. The songs on Cody's debut album are the product of his musings. While hunting deep in the Pennsylvania wilderness at 28 years old, his music journey had just begun, but his yearning to travel the open road with his songs written from his tree stand have already taken him across the United States. Drawing heavy influence from the likes of Waylon Jennings, the Almond Brothers Band, the Steel Woods, Sturgill Simpson, and more, Cody's voice and guitar support a road-tested sound. His band's debut album, Stare Your Demons Down, was recorded at Think Loud Studios in York, Pennsylvania, a private studio space in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and Full Tilt Productions in Mechanicsburg. Cody describes its sound as dusty like the coal mines and rusty like the steel mills. It's soulful and bluesy country for Appalachian folks that want to kick up their boots. Cody,
1: how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Corey. Thanks for having me on. How you been?
0: I've been pretty good, man. I'm excited to get down to, because you said this this whole stick of yours has been rooted here for centuries. Yeah, that's right. Do you know how long your family's been around here? or
1: Yeah, so uh, when I was in high school, uh, I'm a Governor Mifflin graduate from up in Berks County, and uh, I had a teacher there who taught local history, and that's always a subject that I've been interested in. So I took that course. And part of the course was to use Ancestry.com to trace back your family roots. And with the power of the internet, in addition to Ancestry, I was able to trace back my father's line all the way to Germany. And I found that we, our, our people came over here in the 1750s before the revolution even happened. Oh, wow. And one of my direct ancestors actually fought in the revolution under Washington. Um, so we've been here for as long as the country's been here.
0: That's incredible. What a way to start a country, man
1: right (laughs) 300 years ago yeah (laughs) so i
0: what you mentioned you you came up with songs out in the wilderness hunting what was it like when you first discovered oh i want to do music
1: it couldn't have come at a worse time (laughs) because i was a senior in college at the time i'm a millersville graduate Mm. so i was over there to get my degree in teaching and my degree is actually in social studies education so i still do teach um, but the music thing is also I, I basically have two full time jobs. Mm. And midway through my senior year was when I decided, okay, the music thing might actually have some might hold some water. I did a couple shows, and people really seemed to enjoy it, And the demand just kept growing. And it was like, okay, I think uh, I think we've got something else on our hands here. we There's another plan, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not just teaching that I'm supposed to be doing. And my wife was part of helping me realize that 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 was a, a, a dream that i had
0: that's awesome so where does the songwriting process for you start where, what does that look like for you
1: the songwriting process is very weird for me um i have words that come to me usually before the music comes um so what it starts out as is sort of like a poem that eventually music gets put to but mm. the words come to me i don't know where they come from it just happens at the most random times sometimes it can be while i'm driving sometimes it's in the shower which i've been told is actually quite a common thing <laughs> for good ideas to come in the shower but there have been times where i've had to pull over on the road and write down words as they come and then sometimes when i'm just working sitting at a desk or something they'll just come flowing out of a pen something i could never say mm. it, it it just comes out on a piece of paper sometimes
0: No, oh, that's awesome That's a, it's a great reminder for musicians to always keep a pen and pad or to have your iPhone or your notes app open all the time.
1: I use the notes app quite a bit.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So you are in college. You start doing some shows. What was it? What did you you Start with covers or did you start with originals?
1: It was mostly covers to start. um, And the reason I did it was I, I had met my wife and we started uh, dating midway through my senior year. And, it was getting tough to visit her because she went to Kutztown. I went to Millersville mm. and it was tough because when you're student teaching, you can't really work because your work is all during the day. And then you have classes at night and you're not getting paid to student teach. You're actually paying to student teach. Really? So I was like, yeah, because you're you're paying for your credits and you get credits for student teaching. Mm. So when you student teach, you, you kind of like, you're, you're actually paying to work at that point.
2: Seems a little so
1: weird. it mm. is, it is. But, uh, I I had to have a way to keep getting gas in my truck to get back and forth between Millersville and where I was student teaching at uh, Hempfield. And my wife said, well, why don't you start playing shows? You know, you make a little extra money on the side. It's only a couple hours a week, you know, to commit to, to going and finding a place to play. So we started, we got business cards made and we started making videos and cranking out some online content to get sort of a a digital footprint so that we could start getting some people to show up to these shows and it just grew and grew over time um i graduated from millersville graduated with honors and then that summer we played as many shows as we could and by the following year about a year after i was out of college we were on tour playing solo stuff and eventually i got picked up by a cover band and then some of those people in there we formed this band
0: so, what was it like to did you guys did you always have that yearning to do music? or was it just like as when you started out in college and it really put
1: it together? I always wanted to do music, and I always knew I wanted to play for people because when I would play in front of people, just you know, at family gatherings, at barbecues, people really loved it. And I loved that feeling of playing and making, you know, compelling somebody to feel a certain way mm. about a song. you know, if, if you can compel somebody to feel a certain way, you're doing your job. Right. And I just, I didn't want to take that leap because there was that limiting belief, that fear of, you know, there's there's not that many people that can make a living in music. It's impossible. And my wife made me see that, you know, it, it'll go as far as you're willing to take it. And I, through a lot of research, I, I found that and especially the way the music industry's changed, it is possible to make a living doing music. And I'm proof of that. It's, it's not my full-time living, but it's, it, does help pay the bills and when i can go to the grocery store and buy groceries with money that i made from playing music i think you've made it it's a great form. feeling it's a great right. feeling yeah
0: but you can finally say oh i don't need to put in an extra hour or do whatever else you can do what you love yeah making music and writing songs and performing live for people it's a, it's incredible work so you uh do this in college and it, i guess you were just started out solo
1: Yeah, yeah, it started out by myself and was doing that for nine months to a year before I got picked up by a band.
0: So what was it like being picked up by a band as opposed to putting a band together?
1: It was cool getting picked up by a band because all the equipment was already there. Um, It was guys that were much older than me that liked the music that I liked. We did a lot of southern rock and classic rock covers. I brought a little bit of country stuff into the fold. Um, I grew up on that stuff. And, and the guy that brought me in, I had known since I was a kid. Mm. My, I remember my parents taking me to a fire hall to see his band perform when I was a kid. Um, and that, that was a really great band. Um, we did a lot of covers. I think we only pulled one or two of my original songs um, closer to the, to the end of my time with that band. But it was a great learning experience. And it was good to be with guys that were older than me because they'd been around the block. And they taught me everything they knew.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it, uh, starting out as a musician, one of my, one of, well, people don't know this about me, but I almost started a band. I was almost joined by, into a band uh, early on by a bunch of old cats that had been around, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <clears throat> and uh, there, there's my voice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they really gave me the experience and, and the, uh, the wisdom that, uh, that only an older person can impart on a young musician so you had that band how long did that go for
1: so that band went for geez so oh, that's late 2017 and uh late 2019 was when um i told them i was moving on with the the solo with the the, the 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 new band project with all the original songs um and so that was late 2019 so it was about two years i was in that band so since basically i was doing i was juggling where i was playing a little bit of gigs with gypsy convoy in 2019 but we didn't have much it was probably only five shows but 2020 was when we really tried to put the hammer down and get going
0: and how'd that work out for you
1: well we we started recording this album that we just put out last may we started recording it in february of 2020 and then the (laughs) pandemic hit and we it definitely lengthened the amount of time if we spent recording. It was it was funny. <laughs> but we came out on the other side. Everything's all good and That's and good. we're we're still hitting hard and pounding the pavement.
0: So it's, it's it's always funny because I I've done over a hundred uh, interviews and it's always funny whenever uh someone says, Yeah, twenty nineteen we're really hitting our stride, twenty twenty we're gonna do stuff, and then it's like, Well, how'd that work? And everyone's like, hey, It did it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. We did what we could. We, uh, I did some live stream solo. We, we wanted to do a live stream with the band, but we just didn't have the tech required to do it. Mm. Um, so we didn't really do a lot of live stream stuff with the band, but I was doing a lot of solo stuff. And we found places to play outdoors with masks, with social distancing, however we could. We, we just were gr- grinding it out because we had an album to pay for. It, right. You know, And you, you rely on that income from shows to, to put towards that album.
0: And uh, for those who don't know, CDs and like merchandise is mostly where you get a lot of your money from.
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: So, what was it like? Is in the bio? I mentioned three different uh, recording studios. That's that's tip. That's atypical uh, for an album.
1: Yeah, especially for a band that's starting out. So we decided to record at Think loud in York. Um, and then there were some issues with COVID obviously getting back in there. They closed the studio off to people who didn't directly know the band that owns the studio live. Um, so we had to find somewhere else to record. So we went to the, the engineer that was working with us there, has a home studio. It's a top secret location in Lancaster. He actually has moved since then, but uh, he was in Lancaster. So we had to go there. We cut the horns for our first song, One of the Heart. In that basement, and then he moved (laughs) from Lidditz to North Lancaster. So we had to wait for his studio to get built there. And while we waited, we laid down the bedding tracks for some of the other songs at Full Tilt in Mechanicsburg because his home studio we couldn't track drums. Mm. So we had to use Full Tilt to track the rest of the drums and bass and keyboards. Um but once we he he got his home studio set up in North Lancaster, we did a lot of the vocals and a lot of the guitars, pedal steel, harmonica. That was all done. Not that far from here.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, really cool that you guys could use Lancaster as a a home base for country music as opposed to like Nashville or somewhere else.
1: Yeah, it was definitely cheaper to stay closer to home because we could sleep in our own beds. We didn't have to get (laughs) hotels or anything like that. Yeah, Nashville would have been tough. And honestly, the tech that's down in Nashville isn't any further advanced than the tech used by the studios in the local area. There's a ton of studios around here
2: that you can go to.
1: You don't have to go to nashville and spend two thousand dollars a song to record no. it's a,
0: a great a great thing about technology is that everyone can have it that's right and we have it right here in lancaster pennsylvania at central pa so tell me about the um for you how did these songs come together was it over over a, a few years or did you sit down and say i'm going to write an album what is the what is the album about is there a central theme to it is it like a old school album or is it like a new
1: school album so we tried to keep a central theme to the album I, I didn't actually write all the songs with that in mind i came up with the title because the title came from a line in our first song one to the heart and in a way that line sort of encompassed i was like wow you know that does kind of fit in with the theme with all of these songs and I mean, these songs are a couple of years worth of work. Mm. Um, Some of the songs were were a title written on a sticky note and put in a drawer and saved there for three or four years before I eventually finished it. Some songs will take years to write, and others will just take a couple minutes. Um, There's a song on that album, Eagle Tattoo, that took me 15 minutes to write. I pulled over on the side of the road. That was one of those where it, it caught me while I was driving, and I pulled over and I had it written playing with firewater that one I had the title in my head for probably a good five years and uh eventually one day sitting in a tree stand I the words started to come to me mm. so it, it all depends on the song and the words floating around in the ether you know just waiting to, to be, be put pulled. to paper to be pulled out yeah I
0: have to say kudos to you for uh pulling over and writing down stuff because <laughs> I tell you what, if if ever a song came to my mind while I'm driving, you know I'm gonna be like, oh, I remember it or whatever. It, that must take a lot of guts to pull over and uh, write down something, and just even for 15 minutes, just to get it all out and have it down. Do you have the chord structure in your head at the time, or is it just lyrics?
1: No, I in my head when I'm writing the words, I will have like a like a tune in my head, like the song's already in my head, and I need to figure out how to bring it into the physical realm gotcha you know what i mean and that is that can be very difficult and sometimes that tune can stick in my head for months or even years before i go and do something about it um but yeah it's it's all about when you're in the moment and the song hits you you've got to take it and get on top of it and seize it because if you don't you could regret it the rest of your life and it's gone. So if you have something that is worth something, you never know. It could be, it could be that those 15 minutes could be worth a million dollars or the rest of your life. Right. So you, you've got to take those opportunities as they come.
0: I was about to say you, uh, sometimes you won't even remember to regret it because it's just gone. Mm -hmm. You forget even had it.
1: Yeah. And then you hear it later on the radio a couple of years later and go,
0: yes, that was in my head. And this guy took it. Yeah. It's (laughs) not wrong. Yeah. So we have Ones of the Heart. Tell me about this song, uh, what it's about.
1: So this is the only song where the lyrics were co-written on the album. Um, this one was done by a friend of mine from Mississippi named Billy Sale and another friend of mine who is from Berwick, PA, but now living in Australia. His name's Travis Lamoureux. Um, they both kind of wrote this song and then they sent it to me and I cleaned it up a little bit and then I put the music to it. And then the band and I arranged it and sort of fine-tuned the... The music and um our drummer wrote the horn arrangement that you're going to hear in the song and then he sent it off to one of his buddies joe hasper so this song has the most hands involved on it of any song on the record i think we spent more time on this one than any other and i think fans of country and fans of rock and roll are going to dig it
0: with that said this is ones at a heart by cody tyler and the gypsy collins
3: You're finding
2: yourself on the wrong end of love, wrong end of a pistol. No guidance above. Just take a deep breath. There'll be no time to cry. Stay your demons down and kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> All right,
0: And that was one to the Heart by Cody Tyler and the Gypsy Convoys. I must say that uh, your style reminds me, uh, I think I mentioned I just mentioned it beforehand. it's it's like Creed with a country twang. and um, uh, dude, awesome genius with the uh, with the horns in and the country song. I, I'm a massive fan of horns in anywhere, especially in places where they aren't typically are. Like for example, yesterday, shout out to the Big Fat Meanies, a, a pop progressive punk band. With uh, you know, a giant horn section, it's great. Uh, why why horns in this?
1: I mean, there are multiple um country songs and country bands that have used horns over the years. Uh, Merle Haggard comes to mind; he's a, a hero of mine. Um, Sturgill Simpson also mm-hmm. has used horns on uh, his album "A Sailor's Guide to Earth," and that was nominated for a Grammy. Right. So, I mean, I figured you, you can't go wrong using horns in a country song it goes all the way back to the beginning with like bob wills and and guys like that so this was just one of those songs that i could definitely hear horns with and i kept telling the guys that during practice and my drummer's a classically trained musician Mm. uh he, he went to berkeley um he also went to lebanon valley college for his teaching degree he used to teach music and he said say no more i will write a horn arrangement for this song and we will we we'll, we'll see what we can do with it and it was recorded. The horns were done in, in lit. it's not that far from here oh, in wow. in a basement studio and it sounds fantastic. yeah, we it, had a lot of talent on horns.
0: It's great i I love it. I think horns should be added to any genre of music and I think uh because why not if they're horns everyone's gonna love horns, uh especially with a high energetic song like this
1: absolutely yeah we we figured this was a great way to open the album and oh, yeah. say you know introduce ourselves to the world say here we are you know led zeppelin's first song on their first album was good times bad Times." right that's one of those songs is like here we are how you doing we're led zeppelin yeah. like, we wanted a song that wanted to say that to be the opening track on our album that's why we picked
0: it howdy i'm cody tyler and here's my horn band. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we kind of during the song we were uh talking about uh people you've been compared to in, in the past sound wise what are some of your favorite comparisons
1: um well one of your former guests uh sam Huber, he told me one time uh, we had actually done a song together we recorded a, um, a cover of the highwaymen with our friends jonathan hayes and colin king and um he told me in that recording session he goes man you sing like cody jinx but He's like, you also kind of sound like Waylon Jennings in a way. Like, you really did Waylon justice. And his wife even told me, she said, I'm going to call you Waylon from now on. So, to be compared, I don't hear it, but to be compared to either of those cats is like a huge honor to me. And you said you heard Jason Aldean and Creed. I listened to plenty of them in my day, too. So, it's all, anytime I get a comparison to anybody that I look up to, it doesn't matter who it is, it's it, it's touching.
0: So. That's great. So. uh This was with your new band project. Tell me about how that formed, how that's going, and where that's going to go.
1: So the way we formed was uh, the the bass player in the cover band that I had talked about earlier. um, He said to me, he says, you know, we got to play these original songs more. We we need to get a band going that um, the guys are committed and they're willing to tour because we want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, We've done a little bit of that to a a small extent, but um, he said, you know, we got to get something going. I said, okay. You know musicians better than I do. I'm new at this because this was 2018 when he approached me about this. And we had our first meeting with uh, the drummer that he found, um, on like basically right in the new year in 2019. And, uh, we, we just got together. We were getting together every week. We were writing, writing songs. And, um, eventually the album came together that way and our intent was to play mostly shows that were almost all original songs and a few covers and now what it's evolved into is we're about 60 40 or 50 50 on the uh cover to original ratio so we're, we're mixing both and um one thing that we're doing and my, my bass player kenny will tell this to everybody who's willing to listen one thing that we're able to do is we're one of the few bands right now, country bands anyway, in the area that's going out and playing our original music and getting paid to do it. Right, there's a lot of venues around here that don't pay that original bands go to and play, and they're either playing for free or they're just playing for the door. And we're out here doing it. We're like we're we're making our way. <laughs> do you know why that is, or? I don't know why it is uh, one thing that I could put on it is the original bands that are out here playing venues for no money. They need to start demanding more, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the same thing with like the minimum wage thing. Minimum wage hasn't gone up on a, on a government scale, but it's gone up, um, outside because of outside of it, because workers are standing up and saying, okay, I'm not working for seven fifty an hour. You're going right. to have to even people that work at, at, you know, like Taco Bell or McDonald's, they said, you know, we need 15 an hour at least. And now you're starting to see that musicians need to do the same thing you got to understand and and um i'm sure a lot of them do it's just you know you can't be afraid to stick up for yourself and say you know we need to play for what we're worth we put hours and hours and hours of time into writing these songs just because we're showing up and playing for three hours doesn't mean that That's what you're paying for us is just the three hours. you're paying for lessons we've taken mm-hmm everything that we've done up to this point the travel this is a return on my investment. exactly it's it's an roi but at the same time you also have to have the crowd to draw into the venues it's to true. justify getting paid that much money um venues and bars and places like that they're not charity you know they're, they're not charities that they're just giving money away to bands you have to have the draw also absolutely but you've got to recognize where you know you have bands like us like jess zimmerman band cold spring union local bands that have that draw you know you've got to you've got to recognize play that. for what you're worth
0: yeah and that's been a conversation on this podcast so many times where you have to recognize your worth and also <clears throat> building your network of people to come out to your you know your music absolutely you got to go you got to be able to go to a venue and say hey i know i can confidently draw at least 50 to 100 people to this venue," and. Um, you know, depending on the venue, that's going to mean a lot or that's going to mean nothing, right? Exactly. So make sure you know your draw, make sure you know and then you base your worth off of that as well, because if you're going to bring 100 people to a small in the whole bar, that's going to mean a lot to them mm-hmm. as opposed to bringing like 100 people to tell us that, you know, they always have like at least 100 people in there. So make sure you know your worth. Speaking of that, uh i just lost my train of thought so you you have this band together now uh you you go on tours what what has that been like have you guys been on tour yet
1: we haven't been see if if i can go back to my house at the end of the night and sleep in my own bed i don't consider it a tour Mm -hmm. but if if you're getting you know like a hotel somewhere if you're out there if you're out of state i consider that a tour so i would say yes and no because there were times when we've had to stay away from home as a band um and then there's times where, you know, we've traveled pretty far to play, but we still wind up back home sleeping in our own beds that night. So there, there have been times where it is kind of like a little mini tour, mm. but I don't I don't like to call it a tour because we're not getting that far away yet. But solo, I have toured where um, it, it was just me in in the van with my wife and we would we went all the way out. We played out as far west as Utah. Um, we're going to Florida next month. So right. solo. Yes, I have toured and. and we're going to be doing some touring this year yet. Um, and the the goal is to eventually get the band to do that. But when you have three extra mouths to feed, it's not, it's not as easy to break even or make money. A lot of times you'll lose money. So we need to, what my strategy is, is to go and play a lot of these places solo acoustic, like we're going to Florida next month or at the end of this month. We're kind of—I call it fort building,
3: right? Yeah. Of course. So
1: we're we're building forts, and eventually we'll get to go back with the band when the demand is there that we can justify, you know, the price that we're setting for ourselves.
0: Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. Make sure you go out, um, and this is something I've been kind of doing. I like to do road trips every now and then, and uh, I realize, oh, well, if I'm if I like music and I enjoy music and I'm doing this podcast, uh, I'm taking a a southern uh, tour tour. Uh, road trip going to you know all the music cities on there uh new orleans dallas houston nashville atlanta coming back up and i figured well might as well you know reach out you know reach out feelers and you know spread 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 my wings a little bit and see the musicians there 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 and then later on i can come back and hook up and do bigger stuff and the same thing you're doing, you're going down to Florida, reaching out, seeing, oh, is there is there a taste for my music here? Or is there, is there something that people are willing to hear? And then, if so, you go back with the full band and give them what they really want.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's the plan.
0: So, what is one venue or one circuit that you wish you could do?
1: We really want to get down into the southeast, um, the southeastern U.S., and, and really get a circuit going. Um, I've got some friends in Alabama that want me to get down there and play, and we want to get down there in the worst way. Um, I've got some friends around Georgia that they want to get us down there. I, um, Carolinas, we would love to be able to go straight down the East Coast um, into Florida and then hit some of the the Bible Belt, Mississippi, Arkansas, and some of those states I have hit before solo. Um but it's really hard to get the band on a plane with all the gear and stuff. It would cost a fortune to fly everything. So the best way to do it is we have to connect the dots in between. So mm-hmm. let's say someone wants us to play in Alabama. We need to find shows in West Virginia, Tennessee. Make a road trip know, out of it. And, and be able to connect the dots so that you're making you know a circle on the map. And you're not just going boom, boom for a one-off and then come back. That, that's how bands fizzle out and break up is they lose money because they're not touring smart. You have to tour smart.
0: Absolutely. You have to plan with everything you have to plan. If you, if someone wants to play you in uh, Texas, well, how are you going to get to Texas? There's, there's two ways. You can either take that plane trip and cost a fortune. You can take, or you can take a car and hit some spots along the way and say, Hey, uh, you know, reach out to different venues and in these different parts of states and say, Hey, you got anything going on Tuesday evening or Friday evening or the Saturday evening, whatever it is and do it that way. That's, it's that's how you should do it as a musician because if you don't like you said you're going to spend a lot of money for not a lot of return
1: yeah and and connecting the dots can be tough because uh especially as an artist that's not that well known yet um it can be tough finding a place to play on a weeknight Mm. even for bands that are well known it's tough to find a place to play on a weeknight that you're going to have a draw um now that being said it is possible uh, there's an artist actually at tell 360 tonight that I really look up to uh, Charles Wesley Godwin. He's got a sold out show at tell 360 tonight and tomorrow night. So a Sunday and a Monday. Um, so there is demand in this area for our type of music because we play similar stuff to what Charles plays. Um, and if he's selling out tell 360 on a Sunday and a Monday, then that gives us hope that, you know, this area we're from here and um, it gives us hope that we'll be able to do that eventually. But, we also need to get outside of the area and and do that too.
0: Is that part of the Godwin brothers or?
1: No, he's, he's from Morgantown, West Virginia. He's yeah.
0: I know, I know a few Godwin bands. Oh, okay. (laughs) That that was interesting. Um, So we have one of your next songs up here. We have the second one. uh, Still that never, still that never goes dry. Mm -hmm. Still that never goes dry. Tell me about that one.
1: So I wrote that song uh, for my wife. We were just dating at the time. Um, she got me to go down to Philadelphia to do an open call audition for The Voice oh, wow. uh, in 2017. So I got through the open call audition. And then there was a, a call back the next day at a studio. So we went to the studio. They filmed me playing my guitar and singing and singing to a backing track or two. Uh, sent those tapes off to Los Angeles. And then I got a call from L.A. that they wanted me to come out um so they flew me out there and they said you made the top 150 in the country and if you can get into the top 75 then that's when you get the blind audition when you see the chairs and it's on TV and all that i didn't get that far so mm-hmm. i was somewhere between 76 and 150 in the country and the, on the plane ride home i wrote this song for her cuz i was missing her um we'd only been together for 9 or so months at, at the time and it was one of the longer Periods that we spent apart up to that point in the relationship. And I was just missing her like crazy. So, the plane ride home, we were somewhere over Mississippi, and the words started coming to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I started writing that song on the plane. And then I finished it a couple weeks later when That's I was awesome. at work. But yeah, that, that, it just kind of came together that way. And uh, the music video for it, um, we took footage from our wedding in July of 2021 in Vermont. So, the music video is in Vermont. The song was written. Thirty thousand feet above the air, somewhere between LA and Atlanta, and uh, but the whole thing was recorded right here. So it's it's all over the country. This song, it's got DNA everywhere.
0: That's awesome. That's this is still that never runs dry by the Cody Tyler and the Gypsy Convoys.
2: See my name in marquee lights Or in the spotlight loud and bright I'm on this gypsy convoy, And don't you know it's so bold. It's gonna be late landing in later tonight If you wanna find me anytime soon I'll be in a smoky old room oh, Breaking up the fights. Oh, Hoping I survive the night. i am be headed home in a motor light.
3: Oh, when I hit that stage, I get high. I'm
2: just another guy doing what I can to keep it thinking Cause loving you is like drinking It's not like a steel when it never goes dry I hope you'll be there when I get home i come home dirty and smell the smoke Upon that mountain, breezy laying up pines and avatar. Now I'm over Mississippi. You're probably on the ground. Come out to sing them songs, but they don't like my sound. So who the hell needs it? I like it colder anyway. Warm you up when I lay you down. When I hit that stage. I-
0: And that was still that never goes dry what an incredible love song man thank you so you were also up for a few cpmas uh this year around
1: yeah um we were really honored to be nominated for four of them um we've never been nominated for more than two before um i believe we had two nominations in their first year and then one nomination for best country band uh for 2020 and then last year we didn't get we took the year off cuz we were we hadn't put an album out um yet and i uh, <laughs> we we didn't it was okay like we didn't get any nominations we were fine with that we were like we didn't do anything like why yeah, yeah, why well, would we yeah. get nominated for anything if we didn't do anything but uh this year we tried to go all in on it because we put an album out in May of 22 so we thought you know hopefully we get a nomination for you know best country band at least for the album that we put out and turns out we got nominated by the fans and the the Hall of Fame for album of the year, which was a huge honor because that's across multiple genres. So right. for them to listen to that and say, "Okay, this is among the best albums to come out in Central PA, regardless of genre this year," that alone is a bigger, a bigger honor than getting a trophy. Yeah, um, well,
0: it's a, it's one of the biggest honors because it's not it's not even genre specific. Country band. There's only so many country bands around here. Yeah and uh albums there's a million and five different albums around here to be Mm -hmm. single picked out out of one of them
1: yeah incredible some of the albums that were nominated alongside it's an honor alone like like nick andrew staver is one of them and and he's absolutely incredible i love his music um and the people who work with him and recorded with him i know a couple of them too and they're just amazing human beings um so in addition to album of the year we're up for best songwriter which Personally, that's like a big—that's a big honor, um, because kind of all of all of the songs on this album I wrote, except for "One to the Heart," which was a co-write, um, We're also up for uh, Best Country Band, which is awesome, and uh, Best Male Vocalist. That's the second time I've been nominated in that category, and I'm the only country singer in that category. The other ones are all either rock or metal, and one of them is Phil Freeman from Small Town Titans, which I don't know if you know them, but they are incredible um you probably have heard them before they have a viral video it's like a metal cover of the grinch song
0: oh is it that one it's really? those guys and that's phil cool.
1: freeman is a monster that's incredible on lead vocal so just to be nominated in the same category as him just gives me chills like i know i'm i'm a country guy and i have that background but um i did like metal at one point in my life and i still listen to it from here and
0: there, i was gonna say there and, there. and does, despite whatever genre you got to be honored to be I mean, you could recognize that there's other genres and there are really great people in that genre. Oh, yeah. As a musician, if you don't recognize that, there's something wrong.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Just to be and, and there's no other band um, nominated for four awards there this year. Really? Yeah. The The president of the CPMAs actually messaged me and, and told me, he said, yeah, you're the only one that has four nominations. I said, you got to be kidding me. That's, that's, that's an honor. Sick. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is cool.
0: Shout out to Brandon Valentine. Awesome. Great.
1: Great yeah, guy. Awesome guy.
0: So where do you, the, so this is one of the award shows that you've been uh, a part of. Have you been a part of any other ones or do you want to get into any other ones? Or
1: um, I've only been a part of the CPMAs. Um, so far. I, yeah. So far. Yeah. I mean, we would love to get nominated for any award that anybody, you know, if if anyone at all hears our music and thinks we're worthy of a nomination for a certain award show, that's great. Like I, I have, we're honored to be a part of anybody that'll have us.
0: And speaking of uh, country awards, there's a there's a uh, country band out of Cleveland, uh, no, it's Columbus, Indiana. Uh, they have a Who's Who uh, award show. It's it's a I think it's a off branch of the ISSA awards, the uh, International Singer Songwriter Awards. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um okay. and uh, they're they're run by the the Night Owls over over there uh definitely they have their submissions i think they're they open up in february or april okay sometime soon so definitely check out it's who's who that is uh who as in like you know who are you and then who as an owl oh okay it's a a who's who uh kind of thing and i think that's that's, that can be found over at nightowlcb.com uh, you can figure that, find that out, and uh, go over there. And ch- this is for the country bands because it's it's particularly for country. So, mm-hmm. be sure to check that out. I just had an interview with them the other day. That's awesome. So, what's next for you guys? Do you have anything in the works in the in the projects?
1: Yes. So we are working on writing our second album right now. We're almost finished with it. Oh wow! Uh, we have about two or three songs to go, depending on how long we'd like it to be. And we are looking at studios right now and trying to figure out what's going to be the best fit for us. We wanted to have more of a live sound mm. than the last record did. Um, the last record was pretty polished; it was it was good. And we we love the work that was done on it, but we want to get a little bit more of a live, rough around the edges kind of kind of sound on this next rough one. And, and it's it's more country sounding, um, and it's going to groove a little bit. That's to, it'll be fun.
0: Any uh, any kind of hints on like what the subject is going to? what the subject matter is going to be
1: yeah it's it's going to be more um the, the theme of the the theme of this album was um you know it's called stare your demons down In each song um it sort of deals with a certain aspect of life that it, 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 you know it could either be a demon like a bad thing it could be struggling with you know depression or struggling with substance or anything like that or it could be about you know just relationships and you know, like the last song, you know, missing my wife, being away from her, struggling with that. Mm-hmm. It's the album is is sort of a mantra that we've lived by, where when you're starting a new band and you want to get on the road, you just and you have that demon nagging at you, you can't do this or this is going to be really hard. You just have to stare it down and say, no, we, we are going to go full speed ahead. This is, you know, we're hitting the ground running. Right. The next album, the theme is going to be like trucker songs. like like trucker country like like anthems yeah Uh, yeah and and my dad is a truck driver so we're we're gonna dedicate the next album to him so that's that's kind of a little that's a little secret i'll let y'all in on
0: (laughs) so uh speaking of uh staring your demons down uh we have one last song from you fate i can't outrun which sounds very much of that theme of uh there's some demons chasing after me
1: yeah tell me about that so that song came to me um, at my day job. I, I, I substitute teach and uh, I had a prep period. I was just sitting at my desk and uh, I had a solo acoustic tour book for that summer. And it was towards the end of the school year. And I was just thinking about getting on the road. And the song came to me and I wrote it. And it was a little different <coughs> than what you hear now. And then I got stuck at a train crossing on my way home one night from a band practice. And I changed up the first verse to fit what I was experiencing, getting stuck at that that railroad crossing, and the whole song, the story just kind of came together. So mm-hmm. it's it's really it's figurative, but on the surface, the song is about you know like a train engineer traveling you know with anthracite coal from Reading on the Reading Railroad, where I'm from, out to like say Chicago, right, um, to go out west, and the stuff he sees along the way.
0: That's awesome, and this is Fate I Cannot Run by Cody Tyler and the Gypsy Convoys. This
2: train rolls on through the black of night, rolling at a rock of side. Rolling away no end in sight. Through hills carved out with dynamite I was born a Rambler son Raised on God and granddad's gun Now I ride west into the sun To escape a fate I can't outrun She for her, she chills the air, she takes advantage of my mind's warfare, she takes advantage of my mind's warfare, no I ain't no replacement. So far from home A rambler son So far from home Rambler, son, raised on God and granddad's gun. Now I ride west into the sun to escape a fate I can't outrun.
0: Nice little organ in there. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. And that is a uh, Feed I Cannot Run by Cody Tyler and the Gypsy Convoy. Where can people find you?
1: So you can find us on Facebook at Cody Tyler Music, Instagram at Cody Tyler Music, um, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, everywhere. And then we have a, and then we have a, a. our main website is Cody Tyler Music.com.
0: Noticing a trend here.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we try to stay consistent so people can just one thing in and yeah that's less some, to remember
0: that's something i wish i could do everyone and their mother has a story podcast apparently <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, be sure to go check them out we have a few more minutes here and we're going to get into some of the questions i'd like to ask all my guests but before that you're a teacher you teach social studies right
1: that's my certified subject yeah but i'm a substitute so mm-hmm. i i fill in any subject that'll have me i find that i can If I need to teach a lesson, I could probably do a lesson in almost any subject except chemistry. That's fair enough. Chemistry is uh, an animal. Yeah. And when I took it, when I was in high school, they tried a different method of teaching where it was a flipped classroom where you learn through podcast videos at home. And that was your homework. And then when you were in class, you were doing chemistry problems and equations and the teacher would help you. But. I didn't learn well that way. They they called it a flipped classroom, and I didn't learn anything. I don't like that. Yeah, I just memorized what I needed for tests and stuff, and I passed, but I didn't retain anything. It was a terrible method Oh (laughs) wow.
0: teaching chemistry. I feel like everyone has this weird chemistry story, because my chemistry teacher, for those who are uh, back home in Delmar, Delaware, uh, they, uh, they know Mr. Bobby Ellis, who was the wildest teacher in the world. Um, <laughs> he would explain electrons by getting up on a ladder and say, "Oh, if I I'm this electron and I'm jumping off now, I'm going to another electron." And it's like it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? He he was a wild man. Some wild stories from there. <laughs> and pretty much you just had this. You just had to read the book, and you'd be fine.
1: I'd expect nothing less of a chemistry teacher, right? Than, yeah, to it, be a little zany like that.
0: <laughs> great guy. Love them. Still calls me Shrek because that's I I was Shrek and and uh. Uh, high school. Oh, that's there. cool. So, so that's that's how he knows me, and that's how I'll <laughs> always be known to him. And that's great. um Shout out, Colonel Mr. Ellis. Uh, so what? How how do you think teaching? Are, uh Because that's adapting a lot. Mm-hmm. How do you think that's helped you music wise?
1: I mean, as a fan of the Almond Brothers and as a musician, I've never shied away from improvising. Mm. You know, and and as a podcast uh personality you know about improvising and how important it is to be able to think on your feet right yeah as a substitute teacher you know i think on my feet if if a lesson needs to be taught i'm able to kind of improvise and think on my feet and try to learn stuff on the spot the same way that i can as a musician and i'm also a kind of a student of music history too I, Mm. i love my music history i love studying uh bands that came before me and what they've done and and to try to apply it to my own band so social studies and history and me and music it's always been a part of my personality it's always been who i am
0: if you could pick between the two what would you do teaching or music oh,
1: music hands okay. down <laughs> hands down <laughs> that's why i'm out here doing this i mean teaching is is the day job but i mean music is my passion that's where my heart's at for sure so being
0: at your passion what is one of the best pieces of advice anyone has ever given you that's a
1: great question that I actually have an answer for. <laughs> so, years ago I went to go see Cody Jinks at mm. a concert. He's one of the biggest if not the biggest name in independent country music. Yeah. So, he's unsigned to a record label, but he really has sort of changed the game and made his own way. Um a piece of advice he gave me was um something that he had heard from his hero Merle Haggard. Um and he said, you know, if if God gives you a gift, it's practically a sin not to share it with the world and he was speaking he told me that when I told him that I was an aspiring musician because at the time I'd only been playing live in front of people for about a year when I saw him and met him and he said just keep at it he says if you have that talent you need to continue to share it if you don't you're wasting what the Lord gave you
0: are you a Christian then I am so uh because I asked that because I was going to go into uh because I'm also a Christian this you know this being a Christian college uh, I was going to go into a little bit of uh, the theology of the, the the parable Jesus tells us about the man and his talents, right? Uh, someone, they give, you know, one, seven, and I, I can't remember the other number, but uh, this person gives his workers talents, goes away, and comes back, sees what they did with them. Uh, the two of them multiply it and have something to show for it. The other one buried it away and protected it for, to give it back. Mm-hmm. and the addition the of the story is the uh the, the i guess the business owner uh, is, i wish i knew this way better than i should because this has been brought up many times on this podcast <laughs> is that uh the moral of the story is why didn't you use your talents to gain to you know to multiply it and show off for it mm-hmm. why didn't you do it? i gave this to you for a reason not to hide away but it's the same it's the same kind of logic don't hide your light under you know a bushel right let your light let your light shine and show in this case the glory of god to everyone else the gifts that he's been giving you
1: exactly yeah and and that's music really is is, is a gift absolutely Thank god it's
0: yeah <laughs> so what is one of the funniest or worst things that ever happened to you on a gig On a gig
1: oh man um a couple months ago i forgot a, a microphone stand And it was just a solo show and and I needed something. So I had a a stand that I put speakers on and uh, I had to put the speaker on the ground and I had to use this as like a makeshift mic stand and I had this big ball of duct tape holding the microphone on the top of the stand because it's a speaker stand so it's just like a pole right so I had to like duct tape the microphone to the pole and I had to like lean differently my back hurt the next day from leaning for three hours because it wasn't you know like a boom stand like like these nice booms and stuff yeah that was pretty embarrassing (laughs) and and it was a private show and I was I felt so bad and I said to the people I'm really sorry you guys you're paying me your money put on a show for you and i can't even remember to bring a mic stand this is so embarrassing this never happens and uh yeah but they they laughed about it they're like we don't care you sounded great no matter what kind of gear was in front of you um so they didn't care about it as much as i did but that was that was kind of embarrassing because people were walking up to the stage and like what what does he use (laughs) it Can he? Is he a poor musician? Is he off the street? Can he not afford a mic stand? It's like, right. I just left it at home, and home's 45 minutes away. You know, I, I couldn't run back and get it. So That's, we had to improvise.
0: Well, it's always good to know how to improvise as a musician because, uh, believe it or not, those things happen, and you got to be ready and you got to do it.
1: And it, it happens to the best of us. It does. And, and the, literally the day after that happened to me, I saw a post on Facebook that just popped up. Someone else had done the same thing, and they used a, a hand truck. They had to duct tape their microphone to a, a hand funny. truck and sing into that and it's like okay i'm not the only one i guess i shouldn't be too hard on myself and
0: well I and mean, that just goes to i mean really that just goes to you know country is all about uh you know improvising and uh getting down and dirty with things and you know duct tape and spit what more <laughs> what more about it than, you know sometimes we're getting a mic stand and saying you know what we're gonna we're gonna redneck a solution out yep.
1: here yeah yeah, just uh, jerry-rigged the whole thing, and we, we figured it out. Between, between my wife and I, we, we worked together as a team, and we, we got it figured out. <laughs> so
0: last question. Uh, I guess I have two more. Um, and if you're comfortable with this one, uh, what is worship to you? I like to ask all my worship to me.
1: See, to me, I, I don't go to a church. Mm. I find in, in my own experience that worship is a very personal thing, and one of my favorite places to talk to God is in a tree stand hunting. Um, I haven't done as much hunting in the last few years as I would like to do because I'm playing music all the time and, you know, playing a show on a Friday night, getting up early Saturday to go morning. hunt deer on a Saturday is tough. Yeah. Um, but that is really the best place that I like to connect with God is when I'm in a tree stand and just especially when you get to sunrise and the forest is waking up around you, it's like, it's like he's taking the volume knob and just going like that because you you hear squirrels you hear birds you hear all sorts of different things just slowly but surely it, it gets to be almost deafening because of how quiet it was at, at you know five in the morning and and that's to me that's that's uh, you're in god's home there that's that's his temple is nature to me
0: you, you say that i'm getting chills because you're <laughs> so right uh i i did i was a boy scout i'm an eagle scout same here uh, oh yeah right on. eagle scout as well. Yeah, nice yeah. congratulations you too yeah that's awesome <laughs> so uh, i know exactly that feeling of when when you wake up early in the morning you can't see no sun and you just hear the, the you know the dying sound of the crickets growing into the chirping of the birds mm-hmm. and all the other you know animals that you can hear flying around so, or uh, or maybe walking around <laughs> sometimes scarily um, Sometimes bigger than you, <laughs>
1: yeah. And then the scariest thing of all, your scoutmaster on the bugle.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then, then playing oh, revelry. I gotta get up too. Yeah, um, yeah. It's what a what a peaceful, serenity, uh, serene experience to go out into nature, wake up before everything else, and then watch everything else or listen to everything else wake up.
1: Yeah, it's it's something else. <laughs> so,
0: last question: What is What is one thing that you know now that you wish other musicians would know?
2: That's a great question.
0: So something that I know now that I wish other musicians would know. When they first
1: start out. When they start out. Okay. I just think on that one for a second. I mean, I've learned a lot over the last few years. Um, Yeah, if I could say anything to anyone at all, and I need to start heeding my own advice better, it's Mm. content, content, content. Always be cranking out content, even if it's just you sitting with your guitar and playing. You need to keep posting, keep making videos, even if it's not the best quality. You just keep putting your name out there and people keep sharing it. And eventually you will get where you want to be.
0: Absolutely. Especially uh, in this digital age where short content is king. uh, It doesn't matter. Like for uh, those who have been uh, fans of the show for a while, I started out with a really crappy camera and oh. and well that well, that's okay it doesn't because it doesn't matter like you said uh you know i've always had this kind of this kind of quality audio, audio so that's great but you know visually it doesn't i mean to to a certain certain extent it doesn't matter to quality unless you're just seeing pickles mm. <laughs> but uh if you're if you only can do you know uh was it 360 or 720 that's fine as long as you get that audio out there and your name out there and uh, you're doing stuff all the time, you're hitting all the, all the, you know, algorithms or or whatever, you're just making sure your name is still in the minds of people. You're doing great. And you shouldn't ever worry about imperfections because that's, that's another thing. That's a a lot of reason why content isn't being put out is because, oh, it's not perfect or it's, it's not good enough. Doesn't matter. People aren't, aren't there for, picture perfect perfection all the time
1: yeah and and the thing about rock and roll i mean whether it's country or rock music i mean at the end of the day it's all really kind of rock and roll rock and roll is about guitars that are barely in tune and it's about the perfect imperfections and being rough around the edges so yeah any musician starting out even if you don't think it's perfect other people might see the beauty in those imperfections and you want to put that content out no matter what and My my bass player likes to say, if you're not appearing, you're disappearing. That's so so true. The more you second guess yourself and don't stare your demons down, you're disappearing. You're not appearing. You need to 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 whatever. If you if it's nervousness, if it's performance anxiety, you need to stare your demons down and go for it and post that thing anyway. Absolutely, somebody out there is going to love it, and it might change somebody's life or perspective.
0: Yeah, authenticity is. The goal, not perfection. Yeah. It's authenticity. And you can hear that with all the old Muddy Waters band, right? Mm-hmm. You can hear all the imperfections all on those old recordings. It's And that's what made them great is because they didn't really care. Because in the end, music is music. Music is people working together. And it's not always going to be perfect. No, uh, you know, we're Christians. We believe that no one's perfect anyway. Exactly. Uh, and so <laughs> I why try to hit ahead. on that. why try to be perfect in an imperfect world people and and if you notice uh, this is a growing sentiment in in the music industry people don't like perfect exactly people don't like uh plastic cutouts
1: yeah if something is too polished or perfect you know and i I blame the pop music industry
3: for that you know
1: like like rihanna's performance at the super bowl next sunday it's going to be flawless it's going to be perfect and there's a lot it's people, going to be forgettable. And it's going to be forgettable because yep. it's so perfect and flawless. Think about the Super Bowl performance with Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. That was imperfect, but everybody remembers everybody it. Everybody remembers
3: it, yeah. <laughs>
0: whenever you know, whenever something goes wrong, I mean, that just makes everybody more human too. It's just because, uh, you know, as not a Christian thing. I, idolatry is a big thing. And uh, to, you don't want to become something that is so perfect that you always have to build yourself up to be perfect that's just too much stress
1: yeah and the only infallible thing at the end of the day is god himself anyway right exactly people like to see when others um are human even if the people who are seen as as human even if they feel embarrassed at the end of the day it can be better for their brand it
0: absolutely is because it makes you oh that person's approachable at the end of the day and that's gonna make that's gonna make more engaged fans that's gonna make more engaged uh shows that's gonna be like think about live aid right and uh, i don't know if you know live aid right the mercury uh that one of the best live recordings ever in my opinion uh it's because freddie mercury didn't try to shy away from his imperfections he was there with the audience he you know he Stopped, he messed up singing a few times and that he stopped singing a few times and let other people sing. You know, he didn't give a perfect show and that's what made it so good.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, and again, that's how rock and roll is. And that's real rock and roll. My favorite live album of all time is The Allman Brothers at Mm. Fillmore East. And there's imperfections on that. There's some ugly notes that get hit, especially when you're improvising, it can happen. But we love it for what it is.
0: Exactly and so with all that said please check out mr cody tyler at was it codytylermusic.com and everywhere else
1: yep and everywhere else yeah we've got cds uh if you're if you're into the physical copies um we've got those online we've also got vinyl coming in the next couple of months uh because we're independently releasing this and not on a major label it's taken a year for the vinyl to get pressed but that should be on our doorstep around march or april maybe may and as soon as we get those, it's going to get mailed out to all the people that have pre-ordered them. And if you haven't pre-ordered, we have plenty of units left that, uh, that you can buy or pre-order on our website right now. And then if you just listen to it you know, via streaming, we have it on all the services, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you listen to it that way. But I'm a vinyl nut, so I said, you know, this is our first album. We have to get this pressed. Absolutely. We have to.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> This is the story podcast. My name is Corey Rosen. You can check out all of our stuff that I have on Corey Rosen com. That's C O Y C O R Y R O S E N Productions.com. You can find out more about me, what I do, uh, the, you know, all the work that I do, including this podcast and all the previous guests that I've had on. And if you want to check out the next few guests that I have on, I have on this week, this Tuesday, David Gates. He's a local, uh, Perform around here does he two hundred shows per year, two hundred plus shows per year. That's a lot if you if you know how many days are in a year. Then we have the Saturday. We have Kevin Gannon on again from uh, the. He runs a great charity called the Bedside Musicians Manor, where he takes musicians and they go out and perform for those who can't hear it, like a uh, uh, nursery homes or uh, retirement homes, and people you know people that can't go out and listen to music. And he brings the music to them. That's really cool. It is really cool. And then next. next sunday we have one of your friends cody ross cody ross smith country coming on and that's gonna be a, a great time as well with all that said i hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and we will see you guys later
3: bye